Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is the Horror Shots The magical power is in the inward or inner man. A certain proportion of the inner man longs for the external in all things. When the person is in the appropriate disposition, an appropriate connection between man and object can be attained. Francis Barrett Hello again and welcome to yet another Horror Shots podcast. The last episode on necromancy seemed to be my most popular to date, so I wanted to thank you for your support and for listening to that fairly in-depth cast. It was a lot of fun. I've also updated my Patreon with some new patron-only posts. If you want to know what's in there, feel free to subscribe. Every little bit helps, and you can get there at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Next, I've bit the bullet and started a Facebook page for the cast. I did this for a couple of reasons. Maybe three. Everybody and their mom has a Facebook page, so it just kind of made sense. It's also another great way for me to interact with you. If you have any suggestions or just want to say hi, feel free to hit that like button and leave your thoughts. The last reason I started is a bit of a selfish one. It's easier to keep track of those of you who listen to every cast and who are fans of the show. Sure, I can see download metrics and all that kind of fun stuff, but I don't really know how many people check back for new content regularly or subscribe. If there's a way, feel free to let me know. I'm just on the cusp of being computer savvy, but I'm not quite super knowledgeable on all things internet and computers. But with that out of the way, I can get on to the show. This week I want to look at various grimoires that have popped up throughout history. There are some fairly well-known ones, like the Kia Solomon, which has been described as the granddaddy of all grimoires. But you may be sitting there thinking, what the bloody hell is a grimoire? Well, I'll break it down for you. Simply put, a grimoire is a magic textbook. In other words, a spellbook of sorts. Grimoires are often associated with witches as it describes or give instructions on how to perform certain divinations, spells, charms, or summonings. I just mentioned the Key of Solomon, and I don't want to focus too much on that one. No, this cast is a little bit more about lesser-known ones. I've got three in particular, but again, before I get too in-depth on the specifics, I want to take a look at the history of what a grimoire is. One fascinating note is that grimoire didn't always have the exclusive rights to books of magic, but rather it came from an old-fashioned French word meaning grimaire, which was the word for all books in general. It wasn't until later that it became completely associated with the books of magic, and I find that pretty neat. On a side note, I kind of love language, and I especially love how it evolves and changes over time, so I get a little bit excited about stuff like this. I kind of wish I finished that linguistics degree. Oh well. The first known writings on magic came from ancient Mesopotamia, which is a surprise, or not really considering everything seems to uh, originate from that time period, especially things that I cover anyway. Grimoires, or books of magic, have been found throughout history, from the Hekka of ancient Egypt to the invasion of Alexander the Great. Some historical writings, though, believe that the books of magic had their origins elsewhere. Greek and Roman philosophers believe these books originated in Persia. Pliny the Elder wrote that magic had been discovered by Zoroaster. 
around 647 BC, but wasn't documented until the 5th century BC by the magician Ostanis. Now, if you follow the logical progression of this train, the next stop in time would be that of Moses. If ancient Egypt had a hand in the origins of magic, then it only makes sense that the Jewish people believed Moses to have some kind of magical abilities. Around the 4th century, two manuscripts surfaced, both of which were rumored to be part of the 8th book of Moses, which present him as a polytheist who could conjure gods and subdue demons. From there we have the Christian era, or the start of it anyway. While the church kinda sorta hated everything to do with magic and paganism, there was at least one significant book of magic attributed to this time. Most of us have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and found among the texts was a book called the Book of Enoch, which has information on astrology and angels. From there we travel on to maybe, no, more than probably the most well-known grimoire, which I mentioned just a little while ago, the Key of Solomon. The text is often attributed to King Solomon, however, it was written close to a thousand years after his death. It writes of spells and incantations for summoning and trapping demons. I won't get too into it, as I feel that if you're interested enough, you should go and read it for yourself. It is definitely a must-read, or you can do some research on it. It's a really fascinating book. Of course, from this time on, the main faith of the Roman Empire became Christianity. And, as I mentioned, they didn't much like anything that conflicted with their faith, and so magic, grimoires, anything to do with paganism was literally burned. It's a shame, as there could have been a whole lot of great information available to us today if people of the past weren't so afraid of everything. But such is life, am I right? However, that wasn't the end of the grimoire or paganism, of course, as it still has a presence in today's society. During the medieval period, the church had a difficult time completely squashing magic in all its forms. Sure, they more or less completely wiped out worshippers of paganism, but the books lived on. They ended up categorizing them into two different sections, books dealing with natural magic and those dealing with demonic magic. The books dealing with natural magics were allowed, mainly due to the fact that they dealt with the natural, the things God created, such as using spells for healing. On the other hand, books that dealt with necromancy, divination, and demonology were more or less outlawed. However, in a bit of an ironic turn, most practitioners of these magics were clergy within the church, and as such, many of the books were associated with them, even a few attributed to the Pope, which we will discover in just a little bit. Moving on through the medieval period, we come across another pretty famous grimoire in the Picatrix. This Arabic grimoire mostly dealt with astral magic, while a lot of books of magic were of Arabic origin around this time frame, not all of them were. The 13th century saw the Sworn Book of Honorius, which was supposedly based off the teachings of, you guessed it, King Solomon. Another more famous one around this time was the Hebrew Liber Razilis Archangeli, whose name translates from the Hebrew Sefer Razil Ha Malaka. From there, we get into more modern histories of the grimoire and magic. While this period didn't produce many new ideas or discoveries of ancient grimoires, it was fairly important for a couple of reasons. First, and probably most importantly, the witch hunts and inquisitions took place around the 15th century. Perhaps magic and the use of spellbooks were never more popular and infamous during this time period. It's an important piece of history, but not completely relevant to this cast, though it could definitely be featured in a future cast. 
I mean, there's so many ideas surging through my head, it's hard to keep track of what I want to do next, but witches and witch hunts will definitely be up there. But I did mention prior that there were three specific grimoires I wanted to cover, and all of these come from the Dictionary of Demons by Michelle Bellinger. The three I'll be looking at specifically are the Grimoire of Armadel, the Grimoire of Pope Honorius, and the Grimorium Verum. So let's just start in that order, shall we? The Grimoire of Armadel is a bit of a controversial text for a couple reasons, but I'll get into that in just a minute. Let's start at the beginning. According to the Dictionary of Demons, the earliest recorded mention of this text can be found in a bibliography of occult works compiled by Gabriel Naud in 1625. The book was allegedly written by Armadel, who is a mythic figure associated with a number of books of magic. In the 17th century, several unrelated books were produced under the name Armadel. This is where things get a little bit controversial, as the name is a little too close to a couple of other texts of magic. The first is the Arpitel of Magic, a work dating back to 1575, and the other is the Almadel, which is attributed to none other than our old friend King Solomon. This leads to the possibility that the Book of Armadel is a false text produced to garner nothing more than publication and profit. And I don't mean like Jesus profit, I mean like money profit. It's still up for debate if this book is legitimate or not, and which is kind of weird because it's a few hundred years old by now. Nevertheless of its authenticity, a copy of it is held at the Library of Arsenal in Paris, where it was translated. Most of the information found within this particular grimoire concerns angels, but it also has a few names of the infernal spirits as well. Alternatively, an unrelated text exists called The True Keys of Solomon the King by Armadel. It appears at the end of the Lansdowne Manuscript from 1202, which is kept at the British Museum. S.L. Mathers, who translated the original grimoire of Armadel, also used this manuscript as a guide for translating the Calvicula Solomanis, or the Key of Solomon. Next up, we have the Grimoire of Pope Honorius, a name I mentioned just a little while ago. See, I told you there were magical texts attributed to popes. This book is interesting as it's sort of a strange amalgamation of Catholic rituals and material pulled from other grimoires such as the Key of Solomon and the Grimorium Verum. One of the more interesting facts of this book is that it's described by both scholar Elphas Levi and occultist A.E. White as the most wicked and diabolical of all books pertaining to the dark arts. The book itself has a few versions, but most date back to the 17th and 18th century. Despite its reputation for wickedness, it's almost certainly a fabrication of black magic to capitalize on the popularity and reputation of the 13th century grimoire of the Sworn Book of Honorius. The grimoire of Pope Honorius claims to have been penned by Pope Honorius I, who served as pontiff from 625 to 638. Due to his association with magic, I can only assume that's the reason anyway, he was posthumously cast from the church 40 years after his death by the Third Council of Constantinople. Despite his alleged association and reputation and opinions, it was never proven that Honorius actually practiced any form of dark arts. Interestingly enough, Honorius wasn't the only pope to be accused of such practices. Throughout the 16th and 17th century, there were fears from the populace that members of the clergy were practitioners of the dark arts most notably necromancy. Benedict XIII, who was considered the anti-pope by the Catholic Church, was accused of necromancy in 1409 by the Council of Pisa. The story goes that 
During a time of confrontation, the Pope's chambers were searched, and it was discovered that an ancient text on necromancy was hidden beneath his mattress, just like a teenage boy stashing away a porno mag in the 1980s. It's claimed that the story was enough to put believability in the allegations that a Pope could indeed write a grimoire on such things. And our last grimoire for the day, the Grimorium Verum. This particular book includes extensive names of demons, and after all, knowing a demon's name gives you power over it, so it was indeed quite handy. The name Grimorium Verum translates into the true grimoire, and besides names of demons, it includes invocations for several of the most fearsome demons in Christendom, including Lucifer, Astaroth, and Beelzebub. Though the book has a few different translations and publication dates, it's believed that the book was originally published in 1517 and was written in the ancient city of Memphis by Alabek the Egyptian. Alabek is also believed to have written the Red Dragon Grimoire. Although the French version of this particular grimoire, that's the Grimorium Verum, does have its original publication date as 1517, no known traces of the writings exist prior to the 19th century. The French version most likely tacked on 300 years or so to make it seem more legitimate. Many books around this time were said to have done the same thing, including the Grand Grimoire and the Dragon Rouge. This was done to quench the thirst of the popularity of these types of books, grimoires, around the mid-1800s. Now that does indeed bring us to the end of our study on the origin and research into these magical and ancient texts. I would again like to thank Michelle Bellinger for writing the Dictionary of Demons, and the latter portion of this cast would have been a lot more difficult to do without it. If it interests you, you can certainly pick it up on Amazon, which is what I did, and it's definitely a fascinating read. It's full of great information and stories and names and properties of demons. Also, don't forget to check out my blog at horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com for some updates and cool pictures. But remember, if you want to see the really cool pics, be sure to check out my Patreon page and become a patron. Thanks again for listening and subscribing to the RSS feed. Until next time.